please stand for the reading of the gospel. The scripture reading today is from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 5, beginning with the first verse. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Genesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put into the deep water, let down your net for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the net. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their net was beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners from the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, friends, uh, this morning we do come to our final sermon in this series and church-wide book study that we've been doing on Gary Moon's Apprenticeship with Jesus. I hope you've been a part of this. It's been great, part of a lot of great feedback and, and positive things about it. And of course, what we have really learned over the last few weeks is that believing in Jesus, just a few facts about Jesus, and that being discipleship, that is such an impoverished notion of biblical discipleship, just believing in Jesus. What we've tried to learn is that the Bible's understanding of discipleship is so much deeper than that. It is really letting Christ, by His grace, live His life in us until our very lives are conformed to His life and His manner of doing things within the world. What I thought we would do this morning to wrap this series up is engage in a little bit of a, an exhortation, some challenge, yeah, but primarily some encouragement to keep going. And uh, how I thought we would do this is we would look at this passage of Scripture before us today uh, from Luke chapter 5 and read this lesson allegorically, spiritually. Don't focus so much on the history or anything else, the bare facts, but to go into a more allegorical reading of the passage and see what we can draw from it as a way to end this series. So let's see how this, uh, how this goes. So Luke says that a great crowd of people were gathering around this lake, hoping to hear the word of God. When Jesus saw two boats, and he got into one of the boats, the boat belonging to Simon, or Simon Peter, now, the great commentators of the past in uh, Christian history, 
The great commentators of the Bible, they saw in this image of a boat. It's like a metaphor for our lives. Think about it as the boat of your life. The boat of my life. And Jesus got into one of the boats. He took the initiative. Jesus made the first move, getting in to Simon's boat. And here we see right before us one of the great doctrines of the church, been around for 2,000 years. It's a doctrine that's really primary to Methodism. And it is this whole concept of the primacy of grace. Not the primacy of faith, but the primacy of grace. In other words, why are you here this morning? Why are you even interested in Jesus at all? Why have you come all this way to worship Jesus more? Why are, we, why are you even a Christian? Is it because you woke up one day and you assessed all of the other religious options out in the world and decided, I, I think I shall be a Christian? Mm-mm. Nope. You are a Christian because Jesus got into the boat of your life first and invaded you with his provenient grace, the grace that precedes any action or decision on our part. Apprentices with Jesus do not choose to apprentice with Jesus. Jesus chooses them. If you want to be an apprentice with Jesus, it's because he's gotten into the boat of your life first. This is his idea before it's ours. The primacy of grace. And then Jesus tells Peter to cast his nets into the deep. We're going to get back to that in just a few minutes. What does Peter say? Well, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. What does Peter's response here represent or signify? It signifies the life lived according to our own terms. According to our own efforts and plans. The life, in other words, of self-mastery and autonomy. We love autonomy in this culture. Self-rule. I am my own person. The life of autonomy. What does autonomy, the life of autonomy and self-mastery, get you according to the Bible? In the end, nothing. We keep climbing the ladder of success. We never feel like we've reached the top. We keep defining happiness according to our own terms and our own definitions, and we end up frustrated in the end. We never quite make it. See, Jesus may have stepped into the boat of our lives, but we still want to be the captain of our own vessel. And as I've said to you before many times, that is the great decision in life. And this is a daily thing, everybody. This is not just a one-time thing. Every day, the decision is... Am I going to be the captain of the boat of my own life, or am I going to let Jesus be the captain? Is it going to be my will, or is it going to be God's will be done? That's a daily decision if you're going to apprentice with Jesus. 
You know the self-willed, autonomous life? We're always uh, admiring people like this, right? The, the, the autonomous, self-willed life, it looks successful, it looks well put together, it looks happy. But the self-willed, autonomous life, everyone, it ultimately yields nothing but an empty net. So Peter tells the Lord, he's been working hard all night, nothing has worked for him. And then what does Peter say? Yet if you say so, I will drop my nets. This is the moment when everything changes. This is the moment when the fire of heaven ignites in your own life. This is the moment when we move from being just mere believers in Jesus to now becoming his apprentices, when we yield and obey his word, when we stop resisting the Lord's commandments and we just do what he says to do. That's what apprenticeship with Jesus ultimately means. True apprentices with Jesus, they really believe that God's word is true. Apprentices with Jesus really believe that what Jesus says is true. That the meek really will inherit the earth. That the poor really are blessed. That the cross-shaped and sacrificial way of living will really lead to true happiness. And by the way, speaking of sacrifice, you know, uh, Lent starts this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. I hope you are going to do something difficult. Think about that. I'm asking all of us to do something hard. Sacrifice something for the love of Christ. But see, apprentice, apprentices with Jesus, they really believe that what the Lord says is true. Yet if you say so, Lord, I will. That's the moment when conversion begins. That's when apprenticeship with Jesus really begins. Peter stops making excuses. He obeys the Lord's word. He drops his net. What happens next? What does the text say? They caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. When we yield finally to Christ's word, when we do what our Lord commands, letting his word master us, setting us trying to be the masters of Christ's word, when we yield to the Lord's word, that's when the abundant life in God begins. It can't happen any other way. Now notice, notice the, the commandment that the Lord issues to Peter. What is, what is the commandment of the Lord? What did, what, did, what did Jesus tell Peter to do? He says, I want you to put out your nets where? Into the deep. Here's my exhortation this morning. The encouragement. Go deeper. Go deeper. You've come this far. If you've been doing the book study, you've come this far. Don't stop there. Refuse to just stay on the Christological surface. 
Do not be content, like so many people are, to, to keep a superficial knowledge, a superficial friendship with Christ. No, don't, don't be content with a superficial knowledge of Christ. Go as far as you can. Go all the way. Go as deep as the Lord will allow you. That's where the life is. Life with God is always, everyone, it's always in the deep. That's where the life really teems. I mean, here is a spiritual law. This is a spiritual law, and the great masters of the church talk about this all the time, that there is a spiritual law. It applies to all of us the way the laws of gravity apply to all of us. They're inescapable. These laws just cannot be escaped. Here's the spiritual law. It's this. When it comes to the spiritual life, we are either advancing or we are regressing. We are either elevating or we are descending. We are either going deeper or we are floating right back to the surface. That's the law. Why? Because life with God is on the vertical plane. You can't throw a stone up and it just stays midway. It's either going up or it's going down. That's the spiritual law. We are either advancing or we are regressing. We're either going deeper or we're floating back to the surface. I mean, think about for just a few minutes. Think about the virtues of the Christian life. We don't talk about virtues all that much. We should talk about the virtues. They're in the scriptures. Virtues like temperance or the virtues of justice, fortitude, courage. All the virtues of the Christian life look for what's called the golden mean. You ever heard of that before? The golden mean. That's what all the virtues of the Christian life do. They look for that elusive golden mean. In other words, you got the virtue of temperance. Well, someone with the virtue of temperance doesn't eat too much, but that person also doesn't eat too little. They got the virtue, and it's right down the middle, just enough, the mean. Or you think about justice, the virtue of justice, a just person who renders what is due to other people. Well, a just person who's got the virtue doesn't give too much, because that would be reckless, but a just person also doesn't give too little because that's miserly. Instead, the just person is right down the middle, just enough, the, the mean. So all the virtues in the Christian life, they look for that elusive golden mean, all the virtues except for one. And that is the virtue of love and charity. When it comes to the virtue of love, especially love for God, love should always be in the extreme. We cannot love God, and we cannot love our neighbors too much. Our love for God ought to be always going into the extreme. Love wants to expand infinitely. Our love for God ought to be growing every single day, expanding more and more, and we are going as deep into the mysteries of our faith. And I've said this before. We are going as deep into the mysteries of our faith as we want to. It is all about our desire and how deep we wish to go and to immerse ourselves into the love of God. It all depends on our desire. You got someone, if you know someone who's going deeper into the mysteries of faith than we are, than we have, it simply means that that person desires God more than we do. It's up to us. 
You can go as deep into the mysteries of the faith as you want to go. I mean, to be moderate, everyone, to be moderate in the love of Christ, that is to be mediocre. We ought to be going into the extreme for our love of Christ. Now, I will say this, and this will be the end of my sermon. i got about a minute left, I promise. But you think about it, if you go deep into the waters, the deeper you go into a body of water, the more the pressure builds. And if you go really deep, and the deeper you go into our faith, the more the pressure is going to build. The temptations are going to get stronger. The sacrifices required of you are going to get greater. Don't let that stop you. Don't let that stop you. Jesus has already stepped into your boat. Let him be the captain of your vessel. Don't try to do this yourself. Yield to his word. Go deeper. And if you do that, trust me, everyone, the abundance that you're going to draw will be more than you can possibly contain.